Welcome to the Illuminated Word Podcast. Each day we'll look at a text from the weekly readings from the Westgate Church Bulletin. We will look at background material and also application of the text. So once again, welcome to the Illuminated Word Podcast. Our reading today comes from Luke chapter 6, verses 12 through 16. And today Philip is back with me. Uh, We took a, a hiatus. A lot of that was my fault with my crazy schedule, but I'm glad to have Philip back back here together to do this podcast. Philip, how are you doing today? Doing pretty good. Enjoying the sunshine. It is. We've got a a warm day in Dothan, Alabama. Summer has come. Philip, we got a shorter passage, but I think we got some good stuff to talk about. We talked a little bit before we came on. There's some really good points, and Philip had noticed something that I have not noticed in this passage we're going to talk about in just a minute that I think is really interesting. But I want to read the verses to begin with. Um, there's going to be a lot of names in this list, but uh, some significance here as you look through the names in this list and the circumstances. But once again, this is verses 12 through 16. I'm going to read from the English Standard Version. Then these days he went out to the mountain to pray, and all night he continued in prayer to God. And when day came, he called his disciples and chose from them 12 whom he named apostles, Simon whom he named Peter, and Andrew his brother, and James and John, and Philip and Bartholomew and Matthew, and Thomas, and James, the son of Alphaeus, and Simon, who was called the Zealot, and Judas, the son of James, and Judas Iscariot, who became a traitor. So, Philip, there's an interesting statement here in the beginning. It says, in these days. And you were telling me something we probably need to focus on in these days. What do you think about that? Well, I I think think it's important because probably the way we've looked at this, this whole concept of calling and choosing apostles has been that this calling came pretty early and the choosing came pretty early. And that before Jesus really did anything, he, uh, he, he got these 12 guys. But in reality, this passage really shows us that there has been a, a gap between the time that Jesus has actually called people to him and the day that he decides to choose 12 out of those people. And during that time, uh, whether you're in Matthew, Mark, or Luke, during that time, there's been a lot of teaching going on and confrontation with Pharisees and scribes and the religious authorities of the day and in the synagogues and in big questions about uh the Sabbath and, and about God and so forth. And so in these days means that I, I, I think it's meaning during all this teaching, when he's going through Jerusalem area, Judah, all this teaching has been going on. It's, it's not before these days, it's in these days. So these disciples, and as I'm, as you know, as we talked about, I don't know how many there were. A couple of places are called crowds. I don't know how many is in a crowd, but I think there was more than 12. So he's called all these disciples. We don't know who all these called. We're told about some. We're told about the fishermen and we're, and we're told about uh, Matthew, but we don't know how many he's called. And uh, we don't know how many have just come that weren't called, they just came. Their calling was in a, their, their calling was more universal than it was him saying, you, hey, you over there with the 
with a hat on, you, you come with me, or you with a fisherman's net. So a lot of people just came and the crowd grew and grew. And so when we get to this passage, we're at the point where Jesus is now ready. He, he needs a cadre, a small group that's going to further his work that needs special training. And he has to decide out of all this group who is right for that job and who, 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 is, who is right and who will, who will uh, meet the, the requirements and the fulfill, to fulfill what he plans because he, he knows shortly he's going to be leaving. And, and these, these are the people he's counting on to do his work. So that's what I think in these days means. That, 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 that this, is, this didn't come the first day of his ministry like we may have thought. The first thing he did was went out and got apostles. Right. Now he called disciples and then began to teach and confront the religious leaders and the arguments and the discussions went back and forth. And the disciples are listening to all of this. And they're having to form in their own mind what they think about Jesus because they believed, most of them, a lot of the same things that the Pharisees are saying. That's what they've been taught. That's what they believe. Right. And so Jesus is coming along with this, this whole new stuff. And, and I think you see that when you get to 16 or where, where, where Jesus says to Peter, there's been another group of time passed by. All right. At this point, Peter, who do you think I am? And, and, you know, and, and, Jesus, and, and Peter says, well, I know who you are. But if he'd asked Peter that in chapter six, I don't know if that's the answer he would have gotten or not. Right. I think it's a really good point. Yeah. So, so he's, he's looking at these men and he's got to make this decision, which gets us to the, your second major idea, I think. Yeah, the idea of, well, there are two things you, you brought up I thought that were really interesting, the prayer. And then the, the motley crew you've got here, and uh, you you provided some insight Boy, about the motley. I bet crew. they're turned it over. <laughs> <laughs> I take okay when I see them in glory, I take that back. <laughs> you take it back. <laughs> uh, but uh, if you knew the people I grew up with and how I grew up, I would fit in really well. But um, but you said I don't want to jump ahead and skip one point, but I, I want to go. I want to launch into something you said because this goes with what you just talked about. Well, we look at this group of guys and we see rough characters like who in the world would pick these guys? Um, a, a zealot who hates tax collectors and a tax collector together makes no sense. Nasty fishermen. Why in the world would you do this? And they didn't have status. He's picking the wrong people. And you, you pointed something out. You'd done some research. You've been doing some research for your blog and other things you're studying. And Jeremiah, do you mind sharing that? Because I thought that was a really good insight. Like why would Jesus pick this group? Okay, which passage in Jeremiah was You're it? Talking about their heart, like the idea of, um, you know, God looking at people's hearts uh, that they could be fixed. You know, people that have pliable hearts, not to, you know, he's not looking for Bible scholars. He wasn't looking for guys with the greatest status, but, you know, God sees people where their heart could be changed. And I thought that was an interesting insight on these apostles that where I look at, I never thought about that way. I've always thought about it. Well, Jesus just, you know, picking ragtag people and making a point, but maybe 
he can see the heart of them, maybe through what you said earlier, their interactions and how they've reacted to the stuff they've seen so far, that they could become something because they had the right kind of hearts. He could work with them and mold them and shape them. So I thought that was a really cool point you brought out before we came on the podcast and some stuff you'd researched. And I, I think it's, I, I think it's really that from that perspective. Yeah, I, I think it's really important to see here that while there was a calling before there was a choosing, because now he's had a chance to interact with this group for days and he's beginning to read them. Yeah. Beginning to understand them. Uh, and he, he had a, for one thing, I think we, we probably are, we would approach this pragmatically. And uh, we say, this is going to, we, we need, we need preacher types, teacher types. We need, uh, we need salesmen. Right. And, and uh, for the job that Jesus is picking them, we're asking ourselves, well, here he's got this one guy that's won't go overthrow the government. And here's, here's a bunch of guys that don't know anything but fish. That's all they know their whole life. They know everything about that, but that's all they know. Yeah. And they know about God and they know about their religious rights and all that, but they, I mean, they're not Bible scholars. And you got a tax collector. And then and you got that one that's picked last that we, we're not even sure we like him at all <laughs> from the beginning, but Jesus, Jesus picked him. And so what is Jesus looking at? And that was the problem in, that uh, Jeremiah was talking about. Uh, the, the, their problem was they, their hearts were, were messed up. And uh, they needed, the, the people in Jeremiah's day needed to have their hearts, their hearts changed. I think it's it's kind of sad because he took there's first uh, several verses of Jeremiah. It's just a terrible description of how these people acted towards uh, towards God, and and he keeps pleading for them to come back, and the problem is is all in their heart, and uh, I thought it was interesting that. You can label all of these sins, and Jeremiah does. I mean, he doesn't miss many. He gets most of them. But in the end, the problem wasn't their sins. The problem was a sin. That is, they didn't acknowledge God in their heart. Right. That led them to a million sins. But the problem is their heart was wrong. They had a bad heart. So my guess is that what Jesus is doing when he's choosing out of these disciples is he is checking who has the least amount of sins. Because you might wonder why Matthew would be in there, why the lot would be in there, and we don't trust Judas from the get-go. So Jesus isn't looking at the number of sins, who's the most religious in the group. Um, probably none of them qualify. But he wants to look at their hearts. And so Jesus is choosing for a quality that we can't measure. 
and he's thinking of all of what they've said and how they've reacted. He's got all that stored up. And uh, he goes up on the mountain and he's going to spend by himself. He's going to go to a place by himself and, and he's going to think about that. And then he's going to pick 12. And uh, he spends all night in prayer. <laughs> all night. Well, but he does this a I lot, think, doesn't he? Well, I, yeah, but I think it's always measured by the, the, the reason he's praying, how important. This is a big deal, choosing the 12. Right. Because the whole thing, you know, depends on them doing what he says when he's about to leave this earth. He said, you go into all the world and preach the gospel. If he hasn't picked the right 12. Right. It's not going to work. So, yeah, I think he he spends the whole night in prayer. Uh, he does that several times when there's major decisions or when there's a, maybe a crossroads, there's a choice to be made about things uh, that he sees in his ministry because he's pushing, he's pushing towards a goal and uh, it's a tough one, a tough goal. And it, from time to time, you, he has to pray. And when he needs this extra help and guidance, this is certainly when you're picking 12 men for such a great mission, you need the, you need the guidance of the Holy Spirit. You need God working in your life. Right. And uh, there are a lot of things we can learn from this, I think. And one thing right away would be we, we can learn that uh, that two minutes in prayer is not as likely to be as meaningful as a night. Right. And uh, we maybe ought to stop and consider the length of our prayer not just for length's sake, but for Ernest's sake, based on how serious is this situation. So when somebody says, pray for me, and I say, yes, and I go home and I say, God, I'm bringing up Chris Jones to you, and he needs some help helping. But maybe if you come to me and tell me some really serious things, my prayer might not be that fast. Right. Might not be that quick. And so here you have Jesus praying all night on various occasions and getting by himself. And to the point that on one occasion, we know he was prone on the ground. He prostrated himself, which... I think you mentioned Wednesday night was the right way to worship, right? Yeah. It's one of the words, lay down on the ground. Lay down on the ground. <laughs> Let's try that That's one. Exactly what Jesus that would be did. interesting on a Sunday, Philip. We tried that. <laughs> we'll see how that works. <laughs> exactly. Uh, not that I think that it makes a lot of difference physically, but it might make a difference uh, in your heart. Yeah, it does. It does. It is something interesting that your posture sometimes 
I remember old school how the, the men sometimes would kneel in prayer. And I do think posture does help at times. I'm not trying to be a legalist here and say, that's what you got to do. But I think it does help with the, um, you know, if you have a place to pray, sometimes I think it does help my prayer life, having a certain place to go. Well, um, I'll have to tell on myself. Prayer. <laughs> I'll have to tell on myself. When I was a boy, no man in church prayed standing are sitting. They all got on one knee. I don't recall anybody on two, but they got on one, whether they were at the front of the building or in a pew. And I, I preached at a couple of places where that was the standard. Yeah, I grew up like that. <laughs> and one Sunday I preached a sermon about a man who fell in the well and landed at the bottom of the well head down. And I said, do you think he could pray? <laughs> How did that go? <laughs> oh, it went pretty well. <laughs> some people have a sense of humor, some don't. You always but... do hope they have a sense of humor. <laughs> But the point is, I'm not saying you should pray standing on your head, but I mean, the point is when you have to pray, yeah. it won't make a whole lot of difference. You don't really care where you are or what you're doing. That's right. You, you, you get on your knees or flat on your face or on your back or upside down hanging by your feet. Won't make any difference to you when, when you know you need to be in prayer. That, that, that's the idea. And I, and I think, but what Jesus is showing us in, in his prayer is that prayer is powerful, but we can't be flippant. It's not like sending a text to God. Right. You know, we've abbreviated our language with text and say, hey, God, I need help. Bye. <laughs> you know, you can't, that's not the way it works. And, uh, and again, it's back to that same thing in Jeremiah. The, the problem is, is not all this loose stuff out here. It's what's going on inside my heart. Right. That's what really matters. And that's exactly what Jesus was looking at when he looked at those disciples. And he picked 12 that he saw something in their heart. Now, it didn't all work out exactly. Some became much more powerful in the word, as far as we know, than others did. But there are a lot of them we don't know anything about. We don't know what what happened, where they went, who they, who they talked to about Jesus. But I think it, it is good to keep in mind that this was a big deal and that he didn't do it the first day. He had to have some time with these people before he chose 12 of them. Yes. And then he had to have prayer. So he said, he said time with them because they followed him everywhere. We hear mentions of crowds and all that. We People follow him everywhere. Everywhere he goes, there's a crowd of people. He can't even eat any place without people coming in to the room and, and uh, participating. And, and uh, so he had to have that space. He had to have that time. And then he, even knowing his own ability and power and insight, he feel needed the Holy Spirit and, and God the Father involved in the decision. I think that's pretty awesome. Yeah.
Well, I think these are, you made some excellent insights today into a passage that people might look at and go, well, there's just a few verses here with names on here, but what you've said has been really good. The idea of here you have Jesus who spends time with them to get to know them in these days. And they're reacting to certain situations. He's looking at their heart and he's praying fervently for God's guidance. And I do think uh, this is an insight. When I read through it, I didn't come up with these things and I'm really glad you did. And uh, I appreciate the time you put into it, Philip. I really do. I'm glad we're back. Yeah, uh, I enjoyed it. And uh, we'll, Lord, unless I get struck by lightning or something, we'll be back next week, Philip. <laughs> I think you ought to stay out of trouble for one week. I'll give try. A, I'll try. Give yourself a light load or something. I need a break. Philip, I appreciate you, brother, and I hope you have a wonderful weekend. Thank you for today, my Me friend. Me too. That'd be good. <laughs> yes, sir. God bless you, brother. <laughs> Well, we're, we got some, we got a nice day, so that's a help. Oh, we did. We've got a got nice day. Get some sunshine before it goes away tonight, I think. Well, God bless you, my friend, and thank you for listening today. And Monday, we'll be back with our psalm. Psalm 41 on Monday, we'll be back. Mm-hmm.